Welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and I am joined by Carl. Carl? I'm I'm coming straight in because this is our likely our final week as just a duo. Uh, other people have been away. Sam has been away for a very long time since March. We're now in God November somehow, but he is back next week. So enjoy me while you can. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? I am gonna board us in this room and let nobody in. <laughs> He's mine now. This is our podcast, and it's what the listener wants. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm doing good, mate. I've been watching The Reckoning on BBC. Have you seen it? I have not. Not even heard of it. Oh, Steve Coogan playing uh, Leeds legend Jimmy oh. Savile. Oh, yes. I really want to watch this. Is it good? I've watched the first episode. It's very good. Oh. Um, it's really odd that he started out doing the voice of Jimmy Savile on Spitting Image, the comedy puppet show back in the day. And now he's playing rapey, rapey Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, I'm just most excited to see who plays me in the later episodes when he tries to steal my dad. Well, I was going to say, uniquely, you're in a position to say how accurate is Steve Coogan's performance as Jimmy Savile? Well, I didn't know young Jimmy Savile. To be fair, I knew old Jimmy Savile mm. when he had his little flat above Roundy Park, walking around, stealing <laughs> wheelchair fathers. It has been... God, this should come full circle now. I think that was one of our first episodes that you told that story. One of the first five or six. It was Spy Kids. Spy number three then. Yeah. I don't oh, know wow. how you remember that. I delete them from my brain as soon as we're done. Just I'm cursed with some the sort of shame episodes. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I'm going to catch that. I'm, uh, I've really wanted to watch it. But, Carl, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this week's movie. And before we get into that, we... I've not only got a new format, we're continuing with the format from Excision. This will come out after Rat Race, which will have the older format, but we're changing it up a bit. We're sick of doing plot point by plot point, so we're, we've got more of an open format where we'll talk about the film in general, but still... We're going for pure word vomit until insanity. we're done. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, also, we've got a new sort of themed monthly films. And Carl has come up with Keanu Vember, which I love. Uh, and we'll be watching old Keanu Reeves sci-fi movies for the next four episodes or so. And this week, Carl chose... I've been so worried about pronouncing this. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. That's how you say it, right? Uh, I'm just going to go with Mnemonic the entire time. <laughs> because if I'm so wrong, then it... it People can't judge me, right? If I do it very wrong on purpose, then people can't know that I'm not 100% sure. Do I say the M? Do I not say the M? So it's mnemonic. Well, I'm going to help you out because my English language degree, which I got a first in, has come in, has, has opened no doors for me in my entire life. So here I'm going to use the pass I've got and say, you're right, Cole, it is mnemonic. <laughs> and at 1995, so this is primetime Keanu. He is massive at this point. It is before The Matrix, which I think was 99? Yes. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, this is after Dracula, uh, after all the other shit he's done. Uh, I'd never heard of this movie. 
And you may be able to tell from the, the cadence of my voice that I had such a good time. Such a contrast to so many of the movies I've watched for this podcast. <laughs> and from our little preamble before the pod, maybe Cole feels a little bit different, but uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, you are, which is scaring me a little. I'm not used to this, Evan. Yeah, this is, yeah, he's already big at this point. I'm pretty certain speed has come out at this point. And yet, you would think he never acted in front of a camera before at some points in this movie. Are we getting straight into this? Yes. Um, so I'm a bit of a Keanu defender. I've always kind of been able to see what people talk about, but I love him as a person, not that I know him so much, and his movies so much, that I've denied that he's a bad actor. I just like Nick Cage. I'm just like, no, he just plays himself and everything. And then from minute zero to minute 81 in this... <laughs> Fuck, this man has never been to an acting class, never been in a movie, never read a line of dialogue before. Uh, some atrocious stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not going to follow the whole Matthew Perry thing, who I think he just ripped on Keanu Reeves throughout his biography he and did, got a lot yes. of shit for it because Keanu is a legend nowadays. But I'd say he's improved a lot since this movie. All movies have been written specifically for what he does. Because, you know, his, his performances, John Wick, these are cool movies, but I couldn't say anything about his character, really. It's just the way he's written is cool. I don't know if it's the way Keanu speaks is cool and anything like that. I don't know. I don't want to harsh on him. I love you, Keanu, if you're listening. If you're our one listener, I love you. <laughs> Uh, well, before uh, we, we we get into this, we should do the plot synopsis so everyone else knows what this movie is about. It's the year 2021, and Johnny is a data carrier with a secret. He is carrying a dangerous stash of information in his mind and must race against time, money, and gangsters to deliver the package and save himself. And just to give you an idea of the genres this film fits into, these are the categories listed on Prime. Action, suspense, electrifying, and confused. Those last two, very poignant for this movie. Not only is it all over the place, God, there's so much electric in this. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think electrifying and confused are movie genres, but now I really wish they were. Prime just adds random shit. the winner for best movie in the confused genre. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh so uh i did want to start with how the movie opens because this is there's quite a lot to unpack in the movie so it, it prefixes itself with a big wall of text just like star wars there's a there's a crawl and i want to read it out for you because as it was scrolling up the, the screen even though it was one long paragraph it had a poetic quality to it so i thought i'd write it down word for word and read it as a poem which uh, will catch you up on the universe that this movie is based in. So bear with me while I do this. Second decade of the 21st century, corporations rule. The world is threatened by a new plague, NAS, nerve attenuation syndrome. Fatal epidemic. Its cause and cure unknown. The corporations are opposed by Lotex, a resistance movement risen from the streets, hackers, data pirates, guerrilla fighters. In the Infowars, the corporations defend themselves. They hire the Yakuza, the most powerful of crime syndicates. 
They sheath their data in black ice, lethal viruses, waiting to burn the brains of intruders. But the low techs wait in their strongholds, in the old city cores, like rats in the walls of the world. So good. <laughs> and that's the movie. Even if you heard that normally, I read it normally, I have no idea what any of that means. It has told me nothing about the people or the characters of the universe. No, there is a lot of information thrown at you in this movie. I do love that even 40 years ago, they knew the 2020s were going to suck. Yes. Uh, and that is like, that is literally my first note, because uh, it's got to be mentioned. This is based in 2021. There is a virus rampant within the world. Yeah. It's, it's home true for us. And corporations we rule the world. <laughs> yes. But uh, the major difference is that even though there is this virus encapsulating the world, what's different to what we experience is everybody is outside all the time. And if they're in a room, everybody is in that room also. There is no distance. There is no worry that you might catch the virus from someone else. It's kind of presupposed that everyone has it already. So they're all just like, fuck it. So the setup for this movie is that Keanu, who, who plays Johnny, uh, <laughs> I really thought the character's name was going to be Johnny Mnemonic, by the way, but he just doesn't have a last name throughout this. So if you're excited for the reveal where they finally go, Johnny Mnemonic, that never happens. He he is a mnemonic, is that right? That's what they call the data couriers, I think. Well, no, they call them data couriers. I thought the mnemonic was just, like, thematic, because mnemonics <laughs> are, are memory aid devices. <laughs> he just remembers all this data by just coming up with some sort of rhyme about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> the actual movie is worse than that. But, but here's the scene. So they... These people download data into Johnny's brain, uh, and that data is synced with a key, which is three images. Rather than him remembering things, he is supposed to take these three images, which are the code to unlock the data so it can be removed from his brain later on. Yeah, even uh, he's, he's not allowed access to this, so even so he couldn't steal no, it. Yeah, yeah, so he's not carrying that round. <laughs> so they put the, the data on his brain. He doesn't know what it is. He's just got to carry it from A to B, uh, and that's his job. And... <laughs> to, you know, already a lot of amazing technology going on, but to get the images from A to B ahead of Johnny, they they fax it. So this is all <laughs> with, there's VR, mind download technology, and energy whips, as we're about to see, but fax is still a massive player in 2021, and VCR. But they are global still. The technology in this is all over the place. That I think that William Gibson is an absolute legend when it comes to sci-fi and like do you do you like the matrix do you like cyberpunk 2077 neither is... of these would exist if it wasn't for william he came up with the cyberpunk genre but even though he was imagining a world with all this advanced technology not once did he think usb stick no no people store data in their brains so this is based on a book then um, well, this is based in the Sprawl universe, so have you heard of Neuromancer? Nope. Okay, well, um, it'll sound very familiar. It's about the internet a lot like it is in this movie, where people sort of enter it and traverse it. It's very visual. You plug yourself into it. Yeah. It pretty much, The Matrix wouldn't exist if Neuromancer wasn't made. It was made he wrote it in 1981. He coined the term cyberspace. Like, a lot of people oh. assume that the internet got the form it had 
because a bunch of nerdy people read Neuromancer in 1981 and it influenced how they designed the World Wide Web. The man is incredible. So this is set in the same universe as those books. It was a short story within the Sprawl universe. Okay. And that explains what one of my concerns was going to be, that they were using facts. This movie came out in 1995 and texting had been around for two years before then. But if this is based (laughs) on a book, from the 80s, that, that makes a lot more sense. Facts was huge then, to I, be I fair. I think the best <laughs> way to approach this is to not consider it as the future, but an alternate future if things evolved a certain way. Because people have still got, like, 360p TVs in this. Some things just didn't advance at all. And yet yeah, some people yeah. have laser whips and you enter the internet and have a look around. <laughs> uh it's a good place to talk about like the motivation uh, of Johnny because he he gets from A to B and he's gone to get this this data removed from his brain. But it turns out his his the guy who like sends about on missions his boss, he's uh, Dragonetti from Blade. I can't remember the actor's name. Is Ralphie Udo or something? Yes, Ralphie in this. Um, he's betrayed him to the Yakuza, I think, uh, and they're going to remove his head and keep his brain to remove the data somewhere else because they don't want Johnny having any memory of this. And it's a great scene, but then Jane, who's this, like, sort of... She's got, like, drug addict vibes. She becomes Johnny's helper, helps him escape, and they they leave both Udo and the Yakuza guy alive for some reason, so the movie can continue. But I, I don't really know why. I, I, I was confused at this point what Johnny is doing any of this for, and it becomes even more muddled later on when he sort of exposes his his motivations. Very strange. I just it, it confused me that they left them alive here. Yeah, I also didn't understand why they didn't just off the people who were going. We're gonna kill you at some point. Yes. If you get away now, we will find you again. Whilst they're in a situation where it's three of them and about sixty of the low techs have shown up. But yeah, I think he's betrayed Johnny because they've stolen this Pharmacom data a vast amount of it and then Pharmacom are meant to have hired the Yakuza and then he's terrified of the Yakuza so he's just gone yeah cool have that guy I've got it yeah I I do love how Jane saves him because it's a continuation of the weird tech in this where one of the bodyguards of Udo pulls out just a normal knife and they're like, oh, okay, so someone's going to use cool cyber tech stuff. And then Jane pulls out a knife, but it's on like a big bendy stick. And that like, it's like rock, paper, scissors, but normal knife, long knife, and then gun. So good. Oh, that it's, hard knife? To, it's like a, it's kind of like a car antenna. If cars even still have antennas, I don't know. I don't drive. And it's a wobbly, it just has a long blade on the end. It's, it's so good. This is where this movie was kicking off as excellent for me. Jane is meant to be this body-modded, like superhuman, but she's she's also suffering this nerve attenuation syndrome that half the planet apparently has. And this this seems to be a, well, I was going to say consistent thing, and then I found out that she's just a consistent character within this movie and neuromancer, just in that women are, number one, absolute badasses. Usually they seem to be the bodyguards, the people beating the shit out of people, the superhumans, yeah. and also just the easiest women ever. <laughs> Everyone in these books is described as having the like, rotten teeth and been absolutely grim to look at, but women are all over them. 
Mm. Yeah, that, that doesn't translate to the movie so much. All the men look quite put together in this. But I suppose they've got to sell this as an action movie, so I can understand why they don't. Uh, I, continuing in uh, on the tech, now Johnny makes a call to like some hotel in maybe Beijing, something like that. Uh, I, I love it because this is the first time we see Johnny enter the the internet, and it's he puts on this like VR helmet, and I think this reference is going to be lost on you because you've not seen Community, but it is the exact same as when, if anyone listening has seen Community, Elroy in like season six creates what he thinks is like the best VR experience ever, and the dean and some other people that get get really into it. But it's the same sort of shit CGI, and the only powers you have are like controlling settings of a computer. So you like can change the language or turn on subtitles and things like that. And this is the exact same. It's this massive internet experience, but all you're doing is doing a Zoom call across the web. Like there's no need for you to be in it. It's not like, like there's such a parallel to the Matrix here, obviously, where you go inside, but the Matrix looks like this ultra realistic actual simulation. And then this looks like Microsoft Paint. It's fucking crazy. I almost think it's more difficult for us who live in the internet age to understand what we're supposed to be seeing here because we know what the internet became. Whereas when this was written, it was just someone's idea. And it just does not come across. I'm talking about this universe as if I'm like well read up on it. I gave up on the book <laughs> about halfway through Neuromancer because I didn't have the imagination for it. <laughs> I was just reading it going, what, what is this meant to look like? What am I meant to be imagining here? And within my head, I was seeing something similar to yes. this movie and going, oh, this, this this can't be right. What? What? <laughs> it's for, for for the listener there. Let, let's. This is such a perfect example in this actual scene where he's making this call uh, and something blocks him. There's a security protocol that stops him from making the call. And then to to get through to hack the system, there's this giant triangular stone Rubik's cube esque puzzle where he switches around a load of the bits of the triangle and then electricity sparks and then he's able to make the call. He just arbitrarily knows the pattern he has to do to call a room in a hotel. It's uh, so fucking good. <laughs> I love this fucking movie. I can't. I can't wait to the end. It's so. It's so shit. It's good, but not like the room where it's laughably shit. This is doing something. It being on, based on a book, I can see now where the maybe that's what I love is the the it being true to something else. But it's, oh man, I had such a good time. I'm yeah. having such a good time. I mean, I, I struggled to criticize it because although it is what it is, which is objectively a bad film. Sure. Oh yes, we're not denying that. <laughs> it's an interesting concept and an interesting world, and it feels like there's something there. But at the same time, I feel like you're you you're forced to give it more credit than it deserves, or attribute certain th- certain yes, ideas too- to the director that he probably didn't have. Where part of me wanted to think maybe Keanu Reeves' bad acting was a choice. Maybe if you replace half a man's brain with robotic parts, he's going to talk slightly like a robot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> Because there is a decision made here, because it wasn't a small budget film to only bring in 
very wooden actors. We've got Keanu Reeves. We have, I mean, this is pre any sort of acting training, Ice-T, Dolph Lundgren. You know, I, I think Ice-T did a fine job in this. For, for Ice-T in a movie, I think he, he was doing what he was told to do. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to get to Dolph Lundgren. What he was, I wouldn't say that was wooden at all. I loved it, Carl. But, Certainly with Keanu, I can see how you can make that that argument that it was purposeful. But I think it's he overcorrects if that's the case, and it it just stands out so blaringly in this. There's just something very Westworld about both Johnny and some of the American bad guys we see. Where I almost wanted to say that this has to be on purpose, right? Because whenever he interacts with the bad guys towards the beginning, it feels like Fallout dialogue. Yeah. Something yeah. to that extent. Yeah. And you just got, it feels like, obviously it's a movie, so it is scripted, but it almost feels excessively scripted. Yeah. Those are the negatives of the film. And I think maybe why I loved it so much still is that, like you said, there are so many ideas thrown at the wall. And they don't necessarily connect or build a compelling universe, but there's so much going on. There's so much to enjoy outside of this being a bad movie. And I think that's why I loved it. It's just, if you latch onto one thing, like a perfect hit, where the, the internet, I love it so much. Let's explain it to people. You are <laughs> When you're surfing the web, you're moving through this void of fire and stone. You're, like when you want to use an app or a website, you shift towards a giant obelisk stone icon for that website much like just clicking one on your desktop uh video chat is so he makes this video call now it's been invented but the person on the other end looks like zordon from power rangers they're like I this morphing wrote face the exact same thing yes, yes. E- everyone in this internet appears to people like zordon <laughs> So you're not quite sure if you're talking to the person you've called because it doesn't look like a person, but you're on a call and it I love it. It looks sort of like the Melty Metal Man in Terminator 2. Yes, 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 yes. That that, that sort of texture and colour. Uh, but then in like the next scene, Takahashi makes a video call and it's just regular old Zoom. He's doing what we're doing now. He has... But it's, it, to me, it feels like a choice Keanu has made. Like, instead of having a light and dark theme, he's chosen, like, the hellscape <laughs> theme. So the whole internet looks like this for him. But it does seem that you can either access the internet on a normal screen and see people as they are, or enter the internet and view oh. everyone like who's also in the internet like a big wobbly metal face man and why wouldn't you just always do things on screen then because that is nightmarish if i had to do all my work like that my nerves would attenuate why did the disease happen looking at this screen i've got a nosebleed what is this and you say that but that's the actual cause of this disease it comes from the machines that everybody's using uh, and the whole thing of this movie is the pharma pharmacom pharmacom they have the cure but they haven't re- is that their name yes it's, it's pharmacom like yeah yeah there we go they have the cure but they they refuse to release it because they can make more money treating the disease uh, than they would curing it which is very poignant but uh i don't know enough about big pharma to hand on this point so uh, we'll just pretend like i made a point there sticking it to the man 
ish. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> um, so the movie continues now because Johnny is having uh, a big meltdown that there's not enough space in his brain. Something that I should have mentioned is that you can only hold this data for so long. It's on like 24 or 48 hours. Yeah, if you're um, over your capacity, you can only hold it for so long before it starts seeping into your brain. Yes, and he so, even had to forget part of his, all of his childhood to get it in there in the first place. So yeah. there's a cost for this. Yeah, within this universe, parts of your memory are like we know where it is in the physical part of your brain, and we can just chop out. That's it. With childhood memories, we'll just lob that bit off there and slot this in there. And yes, in this movie, your whole brain is all memory. It does nothing <laughs> else, and each bit has its own little cubby. <laughs> You start the beginning starts at the back and you work your way forward into more recent memories. So they just lop off the back of his brain and <laughs> Till you're plonk, full. Yeah. plonk a USB stick in there. <laughs> That's actually and, what they do. Yeah, and then if if that USB stick doesn't have enough space, you can just double the memory somehow. Just plug a thing in and double the I I mean it yeah, is, is unfair to call to out a, an eighties story for not quite understanding that you can't just double storage. But I was just yeah. thinking We'll just keep doing that then if you don't have enough space. Double it, then double because it again. there's no cost for it. Yeah, it's just like, if you run out of space, <laughs> you can double it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he finds out here that he has the cure for NAS. And he has to either have that part of the brain removed or, or wait for it to kill him anyway. That's the now the that's what's driving him forward. Um, everything, every plan... Johnny has goes to shit in this movie. There's not something he tries to do that doesn't fail. So that's what drives a lot of this. And he now ends up with going to J-Bone, who is like a kind of the leader of some sort of weird techno resistance. They're the low techs, I think. Um, because Jane thinks he can help John. I don't know. This movie's so fucking confusing. He thinks J-Bone can remove this part of his brain or download the data from him. Hang on, have we skipped Again, the introduction of Dolph Lundgren? We can still talk about it. I've got okay. a big speech on him. Don't worry. Because uh, oh he's he's more in the, the end of the movie. But yeah, they hit him with the car. He's Dolph Lundgren is a street preacher who's been hired by the... The, the people hired to, to kill this guy have hired someone else to kill this guy. Uh, and he's like a, a, a Jesus-loving street preacher. Yeah, everyone is We're just gonna... subcontracting out murder in this world. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're but, definitely going to get to him. I love him okay. so much. Thank God, because he is the best character. Yeah, he has a big scene at the end, and it is fucking excellent. Uh, so yeah, Johnny goes to J-Bone, uh, who's Ice-T, to, <clears throat> to help him download this data. Uh, as they're outside trying to get in, trying to wake up the guards to actually get into heaven, which is based in one of the bridges in New York. I had no idea which, but it's it's called Heaven because it's shaped like a big H, the bridge, because the ends have been cut off. And if there's a good way to name a, your building, it's based on the letter it looks like, which I quite like. Oh, I, Johnny, that did not click in my head at all. Oh, <laughs> He just pointed over a bridge and went, Heaven, and I went, okay. What does that mean? Sure. Because <laughs> it looks like a big H. It could have been any word beginning with H. So my brain just went, bridge. <laughs> I didn't read the bridge. I'm sorry, Evan. <laughs> That's that English language degree kicking in. Tell you what, that bridge looks like an H. That's a first. <laughs> well done. Oh, Johnny has this massive breakdown outside in front of Jane because 
His motivation has been really unclear throughout this movie, other than now he wants to get this data downloaded. But you realise it's not because he wants to help people, it's because he doesn't have room service or clean clothes or luxury items. He, he rants on for like two minutes about how he wants nice hotel rooms and things like that. Yeah, he, his motivation is, be done with all this. Get my childhood memories back somehow. I guess they just have a section of his brain stored somewhere and they just stitch it back on. And then he wants to stay in hotels and have sex with $10,000 a night hookers. That, exactly, yes. Such a strange motivation for your protagonist. How are you supposed to... I mean, in a way, I love it because he is not a standard protagonist, or which probably didn't help in the 90s, but he, he there's no chosen one element to him. He's just a bit of a knob. He's a bit useless at times. He yeah, just no happens to here. have been the guy tricked into couriering this data. And then shit goes wrong. His boss betrays him and he's going to lose his head. But yeah, there's nothing special about him. In a way, no. the people around him are more special. There's a man who is leading a resistance of low techs. There's a woman who is fighting a disease to... That, well, this nerve attenuation disease, whilst also being some sort of superhuman bodyguard something. There's a guy called Spider who's a doctor who's trying to save these people. Everyone around him is more special. He's just shoved into a shit situation. It's actually quite good. It's a great yeah, idea. When you put it like that. Uh, but completely overshadowed by the best character in this call, who comes up right now. Oh. They finally get into heaven. Uh, what is his name? J-Bone introduces... Uh, our main characters to the code breaker who is like running the all the tech side of this resistance and they're sure i won't say he it can help johnny remove the data from his brain and then so you, I, the, I, the camera pans over before you before you say it i okay. knew this character was in the book before i watched i 100 did not think this was going to be in the film i was so happy <laughs> You thought they would remove it. This yeah, is this, that won't bit. be in. That's fucking, that's just too much. There are certain things <laughs> that work on paper that don't make it into the movie. I'm so glad this made it in. And it works. This is oh, like it's fantastic. Strange it's... at first, but compelling character at the end where it helps. Anyway, yeah, so the code breaker that's going to help Johnny's, get the data out of Johnny's mind, is a dolphin strapped to a bunch of wires and cables and, uh, in like a big tank in the middle of this resistance in the bridge. Uh, the dolphin's name is also Jones, which is so fucking good. Uh, and Johnny is like obviously dismissive of this, uh, but everyone is really sure that it can help him. But just before the, it can get the data from his brain, uh, the, the Yakuza attack. Yeah, so Jones is fascinating as an fucking idea. Amazing. So yeah, yes. he's got just all this these cybernetic enhancements just Looks huge awesome. chunks of his head have been replaced with tech but and uh, we're told that he's he's ex-military he's an ex-military dolphin who I was that. I missed that what? his former US Navy who was used to of course he is yeah, he's, <laughs> he's former US Navy who was used to gather information from <laughs> enemy submarines that's why okay. they think he can get the data out of johnny's head because he can just get through right. he can crack codes but in it's not in the movie but in the book the way that the american military keep them loyal 
is by getting them addicted to heroin so that they keep coming <laughs> back <laughs> to serve their country. So like oh so the God. American military is acting like dolphin pimps. Just sending them out on jobs and then hooking them up with a bit of heroin afterwards. Where do you Fantastic. even dolphin? That is so fucking good. Oh, yeah, a great addition to this movie. It did blindside me at first. I was like, I, I don't like this has gotten too weird, but I, I settled in fast to this idea, and it, I, the movie is all the better for it. Uh, there's a big fight. The Yakuza are fighting the Lotex, uh, and Johnny finally faces off with Takahashi, who's the leader of Farmer... I keep forgetting the name. Farmercom? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's literally just Farmer Company, Farmer and Com. you are struggling <laughs> with it. <laughs> They haven't put any effort into this name, Ev. I don't know how it's not staying in your head. <laughs> Pharmaceutical company. Pharmacom. <laughs> I can read the bridges, H, but I cannot remember. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh. Evan's filled all of the storage in his brain <laughs> yeah. with useless data. And now the best he can do is read one letter. <laughs> Oh, Takahashi faces off with Johnny. Uh, it looks like he's going to cut his head off to just keep the brain and download the data somewhere else. But something we haven't talked about is Takahashi has been seeing this. I think oh, it's a hallucination of a woman. It's, it's the entire not movie. It's it's real. It's real. Okay. So in this, you know, there's certain things you can cut, especially if they serve no purpose. Which this I'm woman very confusing. She's almost like some sort of exposition character, but she's always telling us something we were told five minutes earlier by the characters in the story. Something has gone wrong here, but she's always popping up to <laughs> tell someone something we already know. Um, yeah, so she is, somehow she was part of Pharmacom and yes. then went to Switzerland when she was dying, I guess, and had her mental imprint uploaded so that she still exists as an AI. Oh, and now in some way she's working against Pharmacom by appearing like Zordon to people through the internet. Yeah. Just a white face it with, surrounded by bluish light that appears and tells people stuff they already know, or that we already know. And so, yeah, she keeps appearing to this Yakuza guy. And no, he's the head of the company, isn't he? Uh, well, either way, his daughter okay. died of NAS. Yes. Yeah, and... So she keeps appearing to him, trying to tell him this. And then as he's about to fight Johnny, she finally gets to say, he's carrying the cure to NAS, which Johnny already knew. Johnny's been told. Johnny could have said that. Yeah. And the Yakuza guy just ignores her, cuts her power, and then tries to kill Johnny anyway and gets shot. Her entire storyline is just, I've got to convince this guy not to do a thing, and she fails to do that. I, I felt like he wasn't going to kill Johnny in that final moment. He, like he, he held he his had sword to get in. shot in the back like six times first. Uh, yeah, and then another bad guy, which is Shinji, who <laughs> I completely forgotten about this guy. He's the, the accuser guy, I think. He's the guy with the electro whip. Uh, and he just pops up here to take the limelight as the main antagonist. He shoots Takahashi six times. He drops to the floor, but don't worry, he'll come back in a bit. Uh, and it reminded me of Shadow of War, where you've been like fighting a bad guy, you've been tracking and getting stronger for for ages. Then halfway through the battle, just some other guy pops up, gives a big speech about how you have a pre-existing relationship, but you have 
absolutely no memory of who they are. It's just like, okay, I suppose I'll kill you too then. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So there's a bit of a struggle between those two. Johnny, they're like, eventually Johnny kills this this Shinji guy. It's, it's not very interesting. Um, but now is oh, the, just the, the, the best part of the movie because every plan goes to shit. Even after they've defeated the Yakuza, it's not over. Dolph oh, turns up as the street Can creature. we just enjoy I the could... moment for one second? He shows up. He is fantastic in this. I did not give so him this much credit good. as an actor, for one. He steals every yeah. scene he's in, but he shows up and he's got the greatest line oh, ever. Oh, I think I have it too. Is I'm it so two excited. words? It's two words, baby. Okay, so he pops into screen, he grabs hold of Jane, and yes. he says, go for heaven. So he's, he's about to deliver the killing blow to her, and he says, Jesus time. It's the best thing up there. I had to pause. I that cracked me, me up. It's, the, it's one of so the best lines ever. Good, Jesus time. It's <laughs> that he. I know what he's saying. He, yeah. It's perfect. It's the best line of dialogue I've ever heard and delivered perfectly. There is so much you could read into a twenty-first century preacher assassin in just some sort of bastardization of the Christian religion. Yes, but all I care about is. Jesus, Jesus time. time. It's so fucking It's good. fantastic. I was so happy. Me too. And I didn't, even though I know he was in this movie, when he appeared as the preacher, I was, I didn't think it was him because he has a perfect American accent. I don't think I've ever heard him do any accent other than his own. And it, it blinds, it, it's such a good performance. I could watch a movie about him. I love it. Uh, but it, he has his. He dies See, here. Seeing this, I think we lost something in him not becoming as big as Stallone yeah, or Schwarzenegger. He, I absolutely agree. He's funny. I, d- I think Jesus he means time, to buddy. be. I think he means to be funny. Oh, absolutely. The way he said it, it was like tongue in cheek. It's a perfect little character. Yeah. Uh, so his he, whole thing is that he's almost religiously addicted to enhancing himself, and he pays for that by killing people by contract killing. He's just completely filled to the brim with tech enhancements. No one can stand a chance against him. No, yeah, and he it takes everyone teaming up together to stop him. Um, and it's a cool death scene. Like it's all very choreographed how they get to it. But then, like he ends up between two wires. He looks like he's being crucified. He's being electrocuted. He, he bursts into flames. Then he explodes. And I, I'm sure there is an analogy in there about the fucking techno dolphin the drug addict and the fucking man of luxury electrocuting the man of god to death but there was so much going on i couldn't get to what it was trying to tell me and there's, there's just enough there to enjoy and he is crispy at the end of it and that's important to note because soon the film is going to try and do something which would have you question that but it's fucking ridiculous it's a weird it, i know what you're talking about it's a weird moment of weird comedy yeah in an otherwise I don't want to say serious movie. There's a heroin addicted dolphin, but it's not a movie that at any point throws comedy in your face until this moment where (laughs) his hand twitches, it starts rising, his body starts rising, and you think, oh, those enhancements must still have kept him alive and he's going to attack them. 
And then an iced tea turns around and goes, yeah, just chuck that out. And it's a bunch of people are lifting him up like he's garbage. It's It's such a strange double bluff because by looking at him, a man has never looked more dead. So like we knew that he wasn't actually getting back up. (laughs) He looks like he died centuries ago and then his body's been left in a peat bog. (laughs) Oh, Oh, the movie wraps up with the sending out of the cure, which I felt was quite underwhelming because it was just a series of like flashing images uh, of like microbial stuff and a bit of text. And then randomly, Pharmacom catches fire in the distance. But is that good? Because surely they're the only people who have the resources to make the cure. And now they have to, since everybody knows they have it. Like, were they expecting someone watching this broadcast to write all this shit down, which flashed up in five seconds? That's the and point, Evan. Create the cure. He says, get your VCRs ready. <laughs> it all happened too fast. So I guess people are just supposed to put a tape in and press record and then watch it back later. Watch it back at a more convenient time for you. <laughs> oh, it's so strange. And that's, what, an, what a strange world. Where technology has just advanced in some ways, but not others. Get your VCRs ready. (laughs) But right at the very beginning, we're shown that all the data that's put in Johnny is stored on a very tiny disk that they then just (laughs) plug into his head. And you go, well, okay, so they have invented like transportable data storage then. Just carry that. Why are you putting it in his head? Just take the disk. (laughs) Oh, oh. I thought you meant instead of putting your VCR in, just pop in a memory stick to record it. No, just, why, just have what, him hold it. Why are you putting Put in his brain. over 300 gigs of data in his 160 gig brain <laughs> when it's already it. on a tiny disc? Just get, hand him the disc and let him oh. carry that? Oh, fuck. Well, before we get into what we think about this movie, which I think we've covered quite well, but we'll wrap it up. I do want to do some bad reviews because Sam is coming back soon and I want to get some in before he takes back over. Let's see what other people thought of this movie. Half a star from Paulie Cashews. Practically unwatchable, but at least the hacking and stealth mechanics were better than Cyberpunk 2077s. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077s. Is that the game? 2077? Uh, Yes, I haven't played it though, so you'll have to tell me if the mechanics are good or bad. Uh, I only played it when they were shit. I haven't played it since it's been fixed. Uh, and also he, he adds, why did the Japanese guy's hallucinations talk to him in English? So I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought it was a hallucination. I, it is sure explained. There is a scene where they track down who she is and why she's appearing. We all missed that. Only you saw that. <laughs> I, I think maybe because I've read half a book of this universe once. I, th- I think something similar happens in the book. Yeah, I don't feel. I, well, there was so much going on. I, I think I, I probably more than likely missed it, but I don't remember a scene where they explained it. Uh, next mate, up, mate, Harvestar. I mean, it's the most densely. There's a lot going on for an hour and a half. Yeah, there, so much information in this movie. I've never had so. It, there's a TV series amount of information thrown at you in an hour and a half. This would be an excellent TV series. I. Uh, I think I think, I think it's time is said it. past is the problem. Oh, you can't yeah, make this nice. movie now because the tech is ridiculous. They have VCRs and fax machines. They can change that and like, brain there's... USBs. 
They're not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That is they, fairly they, pivotal to the movie. <laughs> they, they plug into the brain with what is quite obviously just a headphone jack. <laughs> <laughs> and we have this movie. It's the Matrix. We have a better telling of something like this, like plugging into brains and stuff. We we have a we have a great cyberpunk movie, and it's amazing. I'm going to put a pin in that for a second and save it for my so i think it was good to you and i don't think you're going to like it uh, <laughs> next up harvestar from professor Rattigan, because so many movies get reappraised and what was thought terrible turns out to be misunderstood well no johnny mnemonic is just trash for future me who may not remember i want room service jesus time 80 gigabytes doubled but 320 gigabytes too much dolphins all some of my favorite parts uh, of the movie. Yeah, He's I mean, using Jesus as... Time, amazing. <laughs> yeah, he, he was looking for something else. Jesus Time, the best part of the movie. And I want to say... somehow sneak that into my everyday life now, but I don't think it's possible. <laughs> uh, but there is a movie in here, but it's it's not trying to escape. It's just graffiti on a bathroom stall. Well, William Gibson, who wrote the the story, said that part of the issue with it was as always studio interference they wanted to make a movie based on his writing but for it also to be mainstream and i feel like you can watch that and see those two things fighting each other it is somehow 50 percent generic 90s movie 50 percent incredibly in-depth cyberpunk universe and it is worse off for for that happening yeah, I agree. They should, have, they should um, have just tried to make something different because there's a lot of stuff in this world that just isn't developed enough. Oh. Mm-hmm. What a down note. Okay, one more bad review and then we'll get into what we think and bring this back up. <laughs> I don't know why uh, I'm responding review. to every review like they're talking to me. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> well, like actually, you're wrong. Like a big Zordon face appearing in front of you. Uh, and then a review which completely sums out how I feel about this movie. Half a star from Dan Samiljan. Half <laughs> Sounds half like something star. we'd call ourselves. <laughs> half a star, but also like five stars, which I, is yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, let's do this then. Carl, so you think that was good, do you? Oh, we're just going straight. That, that was the full yeah, review. Was just... so. That was the full review. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm so conflicted on this one, like that review, because there's something there. There is a fascinating world there, but uh, I think it was almost good. Like, <laughs> oh, it, it do you? T- well, do I? Do I? <laughs> it takes place within the sprawl universe and has all the like. Apparently corporations have taken over from the old democracies. Well, show me that then. Show me how that works. That sounds fascinating. Tech has evolved in a completely different way. People are augmenting themselves. Okay, well, show me that then. Show me all these ways that... It's kind of... The whole story sort of takes place on the periphery of a fascinating universe where we just never get shown enough of it. Because um, you've seen The Terminator. Of course. Like, huge consequences but kind of takes place within three blocks of a city and no one knows it's happening but it takes place 
in the modern day so who cares you don't want to see the rest of the world but when you're told this story is taking place in this incredibly deep universe show me the universe i i, I agree with that yes the not the motivations but the the consequences of what would happen if the cure isn't released and never really shown to us all we see is jane kind of freak out at one point she has a bit of a seizure because of this disease but that's really the extent of what not getting this cure out would mean yeah so i guess uh, i think it's a really good concept mm. ruined by trying to also make a generic 90s action film out of what just should have been allowed to be its own thing i think if you just make a movie based on the book and don't also try and make something appealing to the mass audience you've got a cult classic mm. is it my turn i think so Oh, okay. Nothing has ever rung more true for me than the confused category that <laughs> Prime put this in. Uh, and it, it completely linked to everything you've just said. But I can ignore all of that and enjoy this movie for what it was. It wasn't really Keanu and it wasn't his story. I could have done without Johnny's surname in this movie. But all the other stuff, Dolph, the Dolphin... Uh, the weird load. I, I enjoyed Ice Tea in this. It, it was just like a weird, even though this movie came beforehand, it was like a, a discount version of um, what is his name in the Matrix? Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne's character. Yeah. What is the, the name of the character? How have I forgotten that? Morpheus. Morpheus, yes. He was like a fucking Poundlands Morpheus. Uh, every, the universe of this movie I really enjoyed. And I didn't need all the seeing how the disease is affecting everyone because I just liked the land we live in. This I'm not usually a fan of dystopian movies, so I'm a little afraid of all the other movies we're going to watch for Kia November. But this was just the right slice of what I needed. The weirdness of it is what really kept me going. Uh, and Jesus time. Obviously, Jesus time. It could have just been that scene I'd have loved it. If that wasn't in the movie, maybe I would feel differently. But the the weird character choices, which fit so well into what this film could have been, just like you said, it being a weird outlier amongst all these other cookie-cutter action movies that were coming out at the time, if they'd lent more towards that, would, if they'd lent more towards that, uh, fucking, it would have been yeah. perfect. But this, for me, is a 9 out of 10. <laughs> I think the perfect example of that is total recall very early on they just go we're gonna be weird as shit and you're gonna love it here's a woman with three tits here's a guy who's got a baby growing out of his chest who somehow sees the future things like an ex-military dolphin who can so hack brains and is addicted to heroin to heroin yeah get shit like that in within the first 20 minutes and just go we're doing this yeah, it takes a uh, long time for anything just to, like that. To modded up freaks with yeah. insane, like insane abilities to traverse cyberspace and hack shit with their minds. Just go for it. Don't don't give me that dolphin twenty minutes from the end if you're not gonna really lean into a world that has that sort of thing in it. Oh, do you know what we didn't talk about was the fight scene Johnny has. In the internet at the end, where oh, you, you, you don't know what's going on, and he doubles himself, and he's shooting these weird lasers and doing, like, sorcery. It's neuromancy he's doing in the internet, fighting 
some abstract being. I'm not sure what it was, but he's trying to hack the code. It's so strange. I'm not sure what you can say about it other than be it being insane. But that, that shit, committing, even though the technology isn't there to support what that scene was trying to achieve, but committing anyway and doing it all in Microsoft Paint, fucking excellent. I like it when a movie commits. And in this this scene, it did. They spent money on that, dude. They were oh. sat there and were going, yeah, this is this stuff. And I love it. They just went fucking nuts. There's a, there's him. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a cartoon dolphin floating around at the same time. He's there it's, too. <laughs> I, th- I think this really served as a lesson three years later. Because the next time they plugged Keanu Reeves into a machine and when he's going to fight the robots and the computer systems in cyberspace, they go, how should we visualize that? Oh, just the real world. Let's not do that <laughs> just, again. Just like just, this. Yeah, just, just this now, but leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking perfect. I... Wow. Thank you, Cole. Uh, it, it, it did come around that you ha- actually hadn't seen this movie, uh, but I'm not mad about that. I don't this know what I've seen now. Great experience. Yeah, we'll have to fucking dig through your memory to <laughs> find out what that was. But I, oh, God, oh. I've had such a good time. What a experience. I've never seen a movie like this other than The Matrix, but this is weirder and it's so up my alley. So thank you. You're welcome. What a great time. Well, thank you for joining me, Cole. I've enjoyed what this What kind so of time, Evan? Thank you for listening. Uh, a Jesus a, time. A, a Jesus time. I almost said, I almost checked the time. Uh, my brain is riddled right now. <laughs> this movie is taking over all memory. Oh, thank you for listening. Uh, please leave us a five-star review. Follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at so you think Pod. Next week, Carl, what is the movie? It's called Chain Reaction. I have no idea what it's about. I've never seen it, but it's a Keanu sci-fi movie. Perfect. And if it's anything akin to this, I cannot wait. Until then, it's Jesus time, baby. (laughs) Goodbye.